one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. He's, he's been calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. Um, I, I don't know, like, members of the press, what the f***? I've been hoping for a recession. People hate me for it, but yeah, it, it would get rid bad. of Trump, so you shouldn't hate me for it. I mean, recessions are really bad. People lose their jobs. And their I jobs know. And we, and we shouldn't wish. It's worth it. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm Greg Jarrett, Fox News, sitting in for Sean Hannity, who is the hardest-working man in television news. And he deserves a Friday off, doesn't he? Well, he's got it today, and uh, you're stuck with me. Um, I'm a legal analyst at Fox News, and uh, for years there I was an anchor. Um, But uh, I appear pretty regularly on this program, as well as uh, Sean's primetime television show, Monday through Friday, 9 o'clock Eastern. Uh, You can check me out at Greg Jarrett on Twitter. Uh, Go to my website, thegregjarrett.com. Uh, We've got some huge news that occurred late last night. Uh, Documents that had long been sought, that had been hidden by the FBI, uh, were finally, belatedly, revealed. And they basically show that the FBI and the Department of Justice knew as early as the summer of 2016 that Christopher Steele, who composed the phony dossier upon which the Russia hoax was crafted, um, that the FBI knew that he was a fraud and a phony, that he was virulently anti-Trump, and that his bias had tainted and contaminated his so-called dossier, which was the basis for the witch hunt against Donald Trump. And by the way, speaking of witch hunt, I have a new book coming out very shortly. Uh, It uh, is uh, up for sale and published on October 8th. However, you can pre-order it now uh, on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or go to my publisher, uh, HarperCollins.com. It's called Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. And it's the story of ambitious and unscrupulous people in high positions who abused their authority. They subverted the rule of law. They undermined the democratic process. They weaponized their powers to influence a presidential election and undo the result that they didn't like. They didn't like that Donald Trump was elected. So from that moment on, they sought to evict him from office. And our intelligence community and the FBI were at the heart of the illicit and unprecedented scheme. And, of course, their cudgel, if you will, was collusion. It was nothing more than a conjured-up lie. There was never any evidence of a treasonous conspiracy that was hatched by Trump and Vladimir Putin in the bowels 
of the Kremlin. It was all a hoax. It was contrived to masquerade as the truth. And yet, unbelievably, based on nothing, the hoax gained popular currency because Democrats and the media drove it with ferocity. I mean, they were convinced that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. And to them, it was utterly inconceivable that he had actually won the highest office in the land, you know, absent some plot to steal it from Hillary Clinton. And of course, the centerpiece of the hoax was uh, Christopher Steele in his dossier, this maladroit ex-British spy who was getting paid to write the dossier by none other than Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democratic National Committee. And it was based on either Russian disinformation or fabricated hearsay from anonymous sources, but that didn't bother James Comey's FBI and his Confederates, Peter Strzok, his lover, Lisa Page, Andrew McCabe, the deputy FBI director, whose entire career proves the Peter principle. More on that later. But the centerpiece, as I say, was the dossier. And and get this, they knew the day before they launched the investigation that it was a fraud and that Christopher Steele was a phony. Now, how do we know that? July 30th, 2016. The ex-British spy flies to Washington, D.C., 9 a.m. He meets with Bruce Orr at the Mayflower Hotel. Who's Orr? He's the number four position in the Department of Justice under Loretta Lynch. So Steele is sitting at a breakfast table at the Mayflower Hotel, and he gives the contents of the dossier to Orr. Also attending the meeting at the Mayflower Hotel is uh, Orr's wife, Nellie Orr, who's getting paid by Christopher Steele's employer, which is none other than Fusion GPS, headed up by Glenn Simpson. Immediately after that meeting at the Mayflower Hotel, Orr convenes a meeting in Andrew McCabe's office at the FBI, along with Lisa Page. And he tells them, he warns them, I know you have this d- document already, the dossier, but it's, it's highly dubious because the author, Christopher Steele, despises Donald Trump. The FBI documents uncovered late last night are what is known as FBI 302 documents. They are a summary of the interview of Bruce Orr by the FBI. And in it, he admits that he warned Comey, McCabe, Strzok, all the others, including prosecutors at the Department of Justice, which included, by the way, Andrew Weissman, who became the lead prosecutor in Robert Mueller's special counsel investigation. Now, The 302 documents that were uncovered last night confirm what I wrote in my new book, Witch Hunt, because I got my hands on the private testimony of Bruce Orr 
that was actually released by Representative Doug Collins a few months ago. And I don't think anybody read them. I dug through hundreds of pages. And here's Bruce Orr's testimony that's in my new book, Witch Hunt. Quote, when I spoke with the FBI, I told them my wife was working for Fusion GPS. I told them Fusion was doing research on Donald Trump. I told them this is information I got from Chris Steele. I told them that Steele was desperate that Donald Trump not get elected. All right, that's critical because the day before they launched the FBI investigation of Donald Trump, they're being warned that this is phony information. Move forward a few pages into Orr's testimony. He said, Steele told me he was desperate that Donald Trump not get elected and was passionate about him not being president, or repeated the warning to the FBI on more than one occasion. He pointedly informed the FBI, this phony information is coming from Hillary Clinton's campaign, who is financially underwriting this dossier. Here's another quote. These guys were hired by somebody related to who's related to the Clinton campaign. Well, I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't just related to the Clinton campaign. It was the Clinton campaign along with the Democratic National Committee. And hold on, there's more. He not only warned the FBI, he sat down immediately with lawyers, as I mentioned, at the Department of Justice. Here's a quote. Here is what Orr testified to in front of Congress, behind closed doors. Question. So the record is clear what the Department of Justice and the FBI was aware of was your relationship with Christopher Steele and Glenn Simpson, your wife's relationship with Steele and Simpson, Mr. Steele's bias against Donald Trump, Mr. Simpson's bias against Donald Trump, your wife's compensation for work for Glenn Simpson and Fusion GPS. Correct? Bruce Orr answer. Correct. They all knew that Steele was biased or warned them that this stuff is unverified. You've got to vet it. The FBI spent the better part of a year creating a spreadsheet of all the collusion allegations from the dossier against Donald Trump. And after about nine and a half, ten months, their spreadsheet was empty of corroboration. It had nothing. So they launch an investigation based on phony information from a phony guy named Christopher Steele, paid for by Hillary Clinton's campaign. And then they go to a FISA court and they lie to the court. They don't tell the court that this is unverified. They don't tell the court it's based on a dossier. They don't tell the court the dossier's author hates Donald Trump. They didn't provide the court with any exculpatory information about Carter Page. They lied to the court. They deceived the judges. And they broke the Fourth Amendment rights of Carter Page. All of this is in my new book, Witch Hunt. 
the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. You can pre-order it now. comes out in a couple of months, but you can get it online uh, at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or just go to HarperCollins.com. You can also find a link to it on my website, TheGregJarrett.com. We're going to be taking your phone calls. We've got a lot of terrific guests, but our phone number is, give us a call, 800-941-SEAN. 800-941-7326. Give us a call. We'll be taking your phone calls. Be happy to answer your questions. We'll pause, take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Sean Hannity Show. Still waiting to fly out all those libs who promised to leave if Trump were elected. The jet is ready. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean Hannity. Well, every day seems to bring new evidence that the entire collusion allegations against Donald Trump were nothing more than a hoax. And the witch hunt that engulfed his presidency was contrived by nefarious people at the FBI, the Department of Justice, and importantly, the Hillary Clinton campaign. So last night we find these documents, the FBI documents that show that the FBI knew that this was fabricated information against Trump written by a biased ex-British spy. And what's interesting is that James Comey set up an information laundry scheme. It's very similar to a money laundering scheme. And here's how it would work. So Glenn Simpson and Christopher Steele would secretly feed every new dossier memo to Bruce Orr, the conduit at the Justice Department, or would be debriefed by his handler, FBI agent Joe Pienka. Pienka would then pass the material along to his partner, Peter Strzok, who would deliver it to Andrew McCabe, who would hand it over to James Comey. Now, why the elaborate scheme? Because using this complex sequence, the origins could be obscured. The fact that it was paid political propaganda funded by Trump's opponent, Hillary Clinton, could be disguised. And it was similar to a money laundering scheme. Steele and his dirty information were cleansed. And the product, the dossier, would thereafter be referred to as, oh, it's coming from a reliable and neutral foreign intelligence source. That wasn't true. In truth, the Trump-hating Christopher Steele was the antithesis of neutral. He'd been fired by the FBI for leaking to the media and lying about it. 
but the FBI used this information laundering scheme to continue to use him as a source while pretending to disassociate from him. And even after Trump won and was sworn in on January 20th, 2017, Steele was composing and circulating even more specious material that, you know, the new president is a Manchurian candidate, he's in league with Putin, was all a lie. And his clandestine contacts with the FBI and the Department of Justice continued well into Trump's first year in office, and last night's documents uncovered show that it went all the way through May of 2017. Why is that date important? Oh, yeah, that's when... Rod Rosenstein appointed Robert Mueller, Comey's longtime friend and ally, as special counsel to continue the witch hunt, which is the title of my new book. You can buy it online. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for the Sean Hannity Show. Sean's off today. We'll be right back. get what you want but you can get sean hannity online at hannity.com welcome back to the sean hannity show i'm greg jarrett filling in for sean hannity we're talking about the latest news that came out last night documents uncovered by judicial watch confirmed by fox news you can actually read these documents online they demonstrate that james comey's fbi knew in the summer of 2016 that the entire uh, collusion allegation against Donald Trump was a hoax, that it emanated from the Hillary Clinton campaign and Christopher Steele, an ex-British spy, who uh, was virulently biased against Donald Trump and warned the FBI and the Department of Justice, this is unverified, you need to vet this, they tried. They couldn't. That did not deter Comey and McCabe and Peter Strzok and all of the others from launching a dilating investigation of Donald Trump, the candidate. And they continued their secret counterintelligence operation against the sitting president of the United States after his inauguration. And, of course, launched the ultimate witch hunt uh, with the appointment of special counsel Robert Mueller. Witch Hunt is the name of my new book, uh, The Greatest Mass Delusion in American Political History. You can buy it online. You can pre-order it now. Joining us is David Sean, who is a terrific civil liberties attorney. Uh, and David, what's your reaction to the latest news? I wish what I could say to you is that it's shocking, but unfortunately nothing shocks anymore. And I don't think it's shocking to you because you forecast exactly this kind of thing in your book. 
Um, listen, we found out a lot of things now. We've said before we only had scratched sort of the surface on how bad this thing looks. Think about this. From, just from these documents that Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch got now, Bruce Orr, etc., we know now that this phony outrage that the Trump campaign supposedly was seeking opposition uh, research, that sort of thing, which nobody has shown to be illegal, I mean, it's a complete fraud that they were outraged by that. We know now that Hillary Clinton's campaign was paying for it. Uh, We know now from these documents that this agenda of never Donald Trump for president seems to have driven everything and every player involved in this terrible, terrible scam that's now cost the country tens of millions of dollars, a great deal of time and a great deal of anguish and has set aside the integrity of the FBI, unfortunately, or some at the FBI, and our judicial system set it back tremendously. Because remember, Greg, I'll I'll wrap up here, but remember, these documents uh, were used, and Steele was used as a source to get surveillance from the most secretive and intrusive court in the country into Americans' lives. Outrageous. It is outrageous. And a few minutes ago, I was explaining the, the information laundering system that uh, Comey and McCabe and Strzok set up um, to conceal the identity of their source. Uh, So Simpson and Steele would feed the new dossier information to Bruce Orr, Orr would deliver it to Pienka, Pienka would deliver it to Strzok, Strzok would give it to McCabe, McCabe would give it to Comey. So it's like a money laundering system. They were trying to hide uh, the, the fact that it came from Christopher Steele, and commissioned by the Hillary Clinton campaign, isn't that evidence that they knew what they were doing was wrong? It's exactly the opposite of what their legal obligation is. Their legal obligation was to report to the FISA court and anyone else who reviewed a document that was being certified to that court as to the nature of the source, the questionability of the source, the political agenda of the source, all of those things, all of those go to the reliability, and reliability and credibility are the key to getting search warrants, surveillance warrants, all of that sort of thing. But think about in the broader picture. You know, you hear all of this criticism of the Trump uh, administration has politicized this department or that department. That department was irretrievably politicized by all of these people who you've mentioned and written about extensively in your book. And we, only know, we know now that it's only much worse than we ever thought before. When documents like this come forward, it's just mind-boggling. This went on, and nobody's been prosecuted on that end of things. So the FISA court, which issued the warrant to spy on Carter Page, uh, and this spying went on for uh, a full year because there was the original warrant application and then three renewals. So a full year of spying on Carter Page. In the end, they found nothing. There was nothing to find. But but the FISA court was deceived, according to my count, David, in six material ways. They were not told that the Clinton campaign and the DNC paid for the information. They were not told that uh, Steele had lied. They were not told that Steele had a known bias against Trump. They were not told that the FBI evidence was unverified. They were not told of exculpatory evidence suggesting the innocence of their target, Carter Page. And judges were not told that the wife of a senior DOJ official cultivated some of the Clinton-funded opposition research which the FBI was using. If you were a FISA court judge, how outraged 
would you be and what would you do? I would imme- I'd be outraged, as outraged as I could be, and I would immediately convene some sort of contempt proceeding. I would demand answers immediately because the integrity of that court has been perverted now, maybe, maybe you know, irretrievably. I don't know. This has never happened before that we're aware of, but I hope you're going to put those six points and more, spell it out like that, in the sequel, because American people have to know this. Remember, you know, what you haven't talked about now and you have talked about in the past, and I'm sure is in the book, is what Andrew Weissman knew about this with Bruce Orr at the time. Andrew Weissman then becomes a member of the special counsel team. So there is almost no limit to the corruption that attends this uh, disgraceful episode. And I still don't think we've really scratched the surface um, on who did what, when, where. That's very bad. And by the way, these directly violate the rules of the FISA court. Specific rule right on it, Rule 13, requires that omissions or material representations be corrected immediately upon discovery. So these, you know, people like uh, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Sally Yates, uh, Rod Rosenstein, who signed off on these FISA warrants, could be held in contempt of court. It could be criminal contempt. And they could be charged with fraud and conspiracy to fraud uh, the government because the court is a branch of government. Um, Yes. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing, but I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm interested in seeing now the, the nerve of McCabe and Strzok to have filed civil lawsuits over their termination. Um, maybe they're going to provide fertile opportunities for some real discovery now. And certainly it's going to pit uh, McCabe against Comey because they're at odds on their stories. I think this could be great stuff. I can't imagine what they were thinking filing those lawsuits. You have the IG condemning them both. The IG is a neutral party here. This is a guy full of integrity, doesn't have any political agenda, and he condemned both of their actions. You have with Strook, I'm sorry to skip subjects so much, but I have to say it here. You have with Strook, a guy working in counterterrorism, espionage work, who's ha- carrying on an affair on the job, number one most uh, greatest vulnerability factor for someone in, in that business for blackmail, and lying, cheating every day, using a separate set of phones so that his wife doesn't find out about the affair, And this is a guy now who's complaining that he was terminated from what should be one of the most respected jobs in the country, a special agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You couldn't make this stuff up. Well, you know, I I looked at his, you know, lawsuit. It's a joke. I mean, he claims that his First Amendment uh, free speech right to political speech was violated by his firing. No, it wasn't. He was fired for three reasons. Number one, he used a uh, an FBI device the cell phone, uh, for uh, 7,000 personal text messages. <laughs> and second of all, uh, conduct unbecoming. He embarrassed the FBI by virtue of those text messages. And third reason he was fired, he was sending government documents, FBI affidavits, to his personal email account, uh, which is also a violation of FBI regulations. All of that was in the Inspector General's report, which uh, turned the matter over uh, to the Office of Professional Responsibility. In the end, uh, you know, he was fired. So he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Neither does McKay. McKay was fired for lying not once, not twice, but four times to the inspector general and investigators. So now, I mean, these two knuckleheads have the audacity to file a lawsuit against the FBI and the Department of Justice. But getting back to the FISA warrant application. It'll be interesting to see 
what Inspector General Horowitz uh, puts in his new report, which should come out next month, about James Comey. Because if Comey is at all consistent with the testimony he gave behind closed doors before Congress, later released, I read it, it's unbelievable. The man claims total amnesia. Oh, you know, I don't really, uh, you know, I don't remember uh, reading, uh, you know, the FISA warrant application. And, you know, uh, I didn't know that Hillary Clinton uh, campaign paid for that. And, you know, I I didn't know anything about Fusion Jeep. I mean, how could you sign off on a warrant to spy on somebody, to wiretap them, pen registers to go through their electronic data and not do proper due diligence? No, absolutely right. And every one of us is at risk when that kind of thing happens within, you know, that realm, the surveillance uh, of our personal um, activities, intrusion into our personal lives by the government. But I have to say this. He's a particular, Comey is a particularly troubling phenomenon to me. You know, I've said it all along, and I know I'm in the minority on this show, at least, but um, I think he's never going to be prosecuted. Somehow, this guy seems to be above the law, and somehow he seems to know it. The arrogance is just shocking. Think about even smaller things that he did. When he leaked those documents to what he then later said, Daniel Richmond, he said, was his attorney advising him. Daniel Richmond was working as a special government employee with the Justice Department, according to Comey, at least. If that were the case, he can't be Comey's personal attorney also in a position adverse to the department at that time. There are all of these things that attended it, and he just gets more and more arrogant, sells more and more books. It's an amazing phenomenon. I think that the Justice Department has to send a very different message if they want people to believe in and trust in the rule of law. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. David Sean, one of the best criminal defense attorneys I know, civil liberties attorney. Thanks for uh, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. All right. We're going to take your calls on the other side. We'll be right back. I'm Greg Jarrett on The Sean Hannity Show. always been a street fighter who takes on the system and Hannity is doing it today fighting left-wing powers who want to stamp out conservative voices fighting fire with fire that's Sean Hannity Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett. We're talking about the latest news that came out late last night, documents showing that the FBI kept using Christopher Steele and his phony dossier for FISA warrant applications to spy on the Trump campaign, even though they knew that the ex-spy was hopelessly biased and that his entire document had been tainted by that. Let's go to David in California who joins us. Hey, David, how are you? I'm doing good, Greg. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. My question is, well, my, my statement is, is if we're doing this investigation and the documents through everything that you and your colleagues have, have turned up, where there is wrongdoing, there is possible criminal activity, at least with Hillary's part, but the commentators later say, well, this is probably not going to go anywhere. No one's going to get indicted. What are we doing? Why That's are a great we doing question. this? The opinion is going to be on one side 
and the opinion on our side is going to be the same. So what are we doing? Well, I would say a couple of things. First of all, not all corrupt acts are crimes that can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. That doesn't make them any less wrong or corrupt. So the truth is paramount. That first and foremost. But second of all, I think you're right. If the standard was a standard by which uh, the Department of Justice and the special counsel prosecuted people associated with Donald Trump, then that standard ought to apply to people like Comey and McCabe and Peter Strzok and Bruce Orr and others. Uh, Because remember, all of the people who were processed, uh, who who were uh, charged with process crimes for, for lying, Michael Flynn, who didn't really lie, but was forced to plead guilty to a lie. I mean, if that's the standard, let's apply that standard to the crooked, corrupt people at the FBI and the Department of Justice. I agree with you. Let's go to Scott, our next caller. Scott, you're in Rhode Island. How are you? Good day, Mr. Jarrett. I appreciate what you share. Um, I'm a service member of almost 30 years. And the one thing that I appreciate in your commentary and when you're talking about the witch hunt, rule of law is rule of law. And for these individuals who call themselves elected officials, it's very disappointing when they want to have the double standard. Watch what, you know, do as I say, don't do as I do. And a father of two girls who are asking me about being mentors, and I'm looking at these individuals, it's disappointing when you see Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Charlie Rangel, and and the Democrats would say, well, you know, for example, we don't need the wall, but yet they're on video saying that we've passed appropriations, and then when Trump asks for the money, it's less than half of what they appropriated Listen, I'm with you, and thanks for your phone call, uh, Scott. I appreciate it. We're going to have more of your phone calls a bit later on in the program. Uh, Give us a call, 1-800-941-SEAN. I'm Greg Jarrett, in on The Sean Hannity Show. One voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. He's, he's been calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. Um, I, I don't know, like, members of the press, what the f***? I've been hoping for a recession. People hate me for it, but yeah, it, it would get rid bad. of Trump, so you shouldn't hate me for it. I mean, recessions are really bad. People lose their jobs. And their I know. And we, and we shouldn't wish. It's worth it. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new, the new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news. And more bold, inspired solutions for America. Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean Happy Friday, everybody, by the way. Let me lay out a scenario for you. Imagine if Donald Trump's campaign secretly paid a foreign spy to obtain Russian information 
about Hillary Clinton and then fed that information to the media, the FBI, the Department of Justice, all in an effort to influence the 2016 presidential campaign. Well, my goodness, he would immediately be accused of colluding with Russia. Demands for his indictment and impeachment would reverberate through the halls of Congress and newsrooms across America, on television airways, social media websites, everywhere. Trump did not actually do this to Hillary Clinton. Clinton did it to Trump. And yet the president is the one who was hounded by the constant condemnation of having colluded with Moscow to win the presidency, even though we now know he did no such thing. On an almost daily basis, the media has declared him guilty in the court of public opinion. Trump has been saddled with multiple investigations by the FBI, by Congress, by a special counsel. Clinton was not. So it's really hard to make sense of it until you consider the bias that animated the actions of those who sought to destroy Donald Trump. The unadulterated truth is that Trump never colluded with Russia, but the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee did. They paid for Russian disinformation. They fed it to the FBI and the media to damage Trump's candidacy and influence the election. And when that failed, the effort was then kicked into overdrive to exploit the same phony material to destroy Trump and undo his election. In sum, Hillary Clinton's campaign colluded with Russia to falsely accuse Trump of colluding with Russia. I mean, it is so far-fetched, you could not make it up. And yet it happened. Now, what I've just recited to you, this hypothetical, is actually the introduction to chapter two of my new book. Chapter two is entitled Clinton Collusion. The title of the book is Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. You can order it right now. Go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or go to uh, my publisher, HarperCollins.com, or go to my website, TheGregJarrett.com. Also, check me out uh, on Twitter, at Greg Jarrett. And Greg, by the way, is spelled with uh, a total of three Gs, two Gs at the end. G-R-E-G-G-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. That's my Twitter handle. But I encourage you to order the book. The first book, called The Russia Hoax, The Illicit Scheme to Clear Hillary Clinton and Frame Donald Trump, was really just sort of the predicate that laid out the basics. The new book, again, which you can pre-order now, uh, Witch Hunt, lays in all of the details, and it lays out the facts, the evidence, and the law about rampant corruption in government and how people like James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Bruce Orr, James Clapper, John Brennan, and so many others abused their positions of power and weaponized 
their government institutions to try to bring down Donald Trump. Joining me now to talk a bit more about it is John Solomon, executive vice president and columnist for The Hill. He's written a story on uh, Democratic donor George Soros. But before we get to that, John, uh, this latest news that broke last night uh, that, that confirms what we already knew. That that the FBI and the Department of Justice were well aware of the bias of Christopher Steele, who composed the phony dossier upon which the FBI and the DOJ relied to pursue relentlessly Donald Trump. What do you make of it? It really is remarkable. If you read the, the 12 reports, you end up realizing very early on this was just a giant political dirty trick that the FBI willingly participated in. You've got Bruce Orr with his wife, Nellie Orr, a fusion contractor, working with Christopher Steele to get information that is highly suspect and bought by Hillary Clinton to the FBI so the FBI could justify an investigation of the Republican nominee for president and his campaign. And it's uh, now disproven ties to Russia. It is absolutely stunning. And you're, as you read it, I read it last night. I've seen these before. But I have to tell you, I reading it last night, you just keep asking yourself, who didn't stop this? Why wasn't this stopped? Any average American would have put their foot down and said, this is crazy. We're not going to use the FBI this way. Well, Peter Stroke and Andrew McCabe and James Comey, they let this charade go on for more than nine months. And then they kicked it over to uh, Robert Mueller so we could have another year and a half. It's a real, it's a tragedy. It's a Greek tragedy with American epic proportions. But, you know, you know exactly what James Comey has signed the first FISA warrant application to spy on Trump campaign associate Carter Page. You know what he's going to say. He is going to uh, feign amnesia (laughs) uh, and and or he he will say, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't recall. Uh, I didn't yeah. know anything about that. He, you know, when you look at his testimony behind closed doors, which was later released, I right. think I think roughly 200 times he said, you know, I don't know, I don't recall. I mean, it's amazing. The, the guy pretends to be uh, either, you know, uh, ill frame of mind or incompetent. But that's going to yeah. be his defense. Well, the good news is he can play that in the court of public opinion, right, because he's done it well already. But before the FISA court, ignorance is not a defense. As you know, he signed that first affidavit. It was marked verified. That meant the components of the Steele dossier that were used and certified as verified in that thing has to be verified. We now know that the main allegation, the one that almost certainly tipped the judges over to letting the FBI spy on Carter Page and see if he was a Russian spy, was this claim that he had met with Igor Session and Igor Davinsky, two key uh, Russians that are close to Vladimir Putin. That came clearly from the uh, the uh, dossier. And at the time that the FBI said it was verified, the FBI knew it was unverified. It never got verified, and it eventually got debunked. So James Comey can claim all the MDs that he wants in the court of public opinion, but in the court of law, those judges that signed that warrant have some very serious questions for him, and he won't be able to use the ignorance defense there. Well, and the other part of it is that, that you know, he's 
he is the master of prevarication and deception. <laughs> I, I well remember when Brett Baer, um, you know, interviewed him right about the time his book came out. Right. He was shamelessly peddling his book and trying to rip off right. readers with falsehoods. And and he said, uh, you know, I, I he was asked, well, Hillary Clinton paid for this. Why would you use this? He said, oh, right. oh, my understanding is the Republicans uh, were hired uh, Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele, which is a total lie. Wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, he, he could remember those facts, if not the right facts. And that tells you something about James Comey and his self-righteous campaign that we've seen the last couple of years. He ran a bad FBI. There's just no other way to say it. He stole information from the FBI, leaked classified information, wrongly used the authority of the attorney general during the Hillary Clinton email case. And that, you don't have to take my word for it. That's what the inspector general has found. He was an incompetent uh, FBI director who uh, allowed, because of his incompetence, allowed people like Peter Stroke and Andrew McCabe to run a Russian investigation that any real FBI agent would have shut down because they saw it for what it was, a political dirty trick, a political opposition research hit on Donald Trump not worthy of the FBI or counterintelligence assets. And, you know, the other guy who signed off on the final uh, renewal of the FISA warrant was Rod Rosenstein. Um, That's right. the, the, you know, altogether compromised deputy attorney general who was in charge of the special counsel case. I find it interesting, in front of an audience, he was giving a lecture, he uh, talked how important a FISA warrant application is, and if you get it wrong, you know, you can be fired or even worse, you can be prosecuted. And yet, right. when he appeared, I remember vividly in front of Louis Gohmert uh, during a congressional hearing and Gohmert was trying to nail him down. He seemed to suggest that he never bothered to actually read the FISA yeah. warrant that he executed and swore that it, it was he was swearing to the veracity and the authenticity of the verified information that we now know was unverified. And at that time, as we know now from the good work of uh, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan, and particularly Devin Nunez and his staff, there are more problems with the fourth FISA than any of the other three, and all three, all of them have terrible problems. But the last one, we are told time and again, has the most serious uh, accuracy and, and, and honesty information. When we get the more detoxifications over the next few months, like these OR documents, which is the opening salvo, we're going to see the FBI committed a fraud upon the court, knowingly, willfully, uh, and, uh, and in a very dishonest way. The sleight of hand used to, they know it's Clinton because, uh, and hired Christopher Steele because Christopher, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bruce Orr told them, we have it in the documents now. And yet they tell the court, we think maybe this guy might have a political motive. No, 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 they knew he had a political motive. They certified that Christopher Steele, the FBI possessed, no derogatory information about Christopher Steele. Bruce Orr's notes show that the FBI was warned of multiple derogatory information. One, he had a motive. Two, he had a political client. Three, he had a political deadline. Four, his intelligence was suspect. It was too raw and unverified. And Bruce Orr is giving a caution about that. That all constitutes derogatory information, yet the FBI swore it had no derogatory information. James Comey, Peter Stroke, uh, and uh, Andrew McCabe, are the people most responsible, and and, and then ultimately uh, the former Deputy Attorney General uh, for signing that fourth FISA without asking harder questions. It's not going to be a good fall for the Justice Department and the FBI. Oh, yeah. 
You know, we didn't get around to talking about your latest column, uh, George Soros' uh, uh, secret 2016 access to the State Department. People can read it online. Uh, just go to thehill.com, look up John Solomon. It's his latest column. And uh, I want you to know, John, that your outstanding reporting, you've broken more stories on this subject, um, is featured prominently in my new book, Witch Hunt. Uh, so, you. listen, hats off to you. Thanks uh, to and you to for you all too, of your... You were, big, you were a big part of getting this truth out. And, and remember, we were all paddling against a, a river going in the other direction, but the facts were followed, and the facts tell a far different story than the American people are told. Yeah. And you were a very, very big part. You go back and read your first book. It is remarkable how pressing it was to where the facts ended up turning out. So bravo for that. All right. John Solomon, great reporter. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Good. Thank you. You too. All right. I'm Greg Jarrett sitting in for Sean Hannity on The Sean Hannity Show. We'll be right back. While the mainstream media is asleep at the wheel, Hannity Watch is on the job, bringing you the news no one else can. Sean Hannity. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean Hannity. Uh, My new book, uh, Witch Hunt, uh, can be pre-ordered now. It comes out soon. Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. It talks a lot about the FBI, but also about the intelligence community, Brennan and Clapper. They, too, were determined to sabotage Trump before he took his oath of office. And they had a ploy. Their ploy was to brief him about the phony dossier, to use it as a pretext for leaking it to the media. Now, that is the definition of devious. And it wasn't just that. The unmasking and leaking of National Security Advisor Michael Flynn's conversations with a Russian ambassador That was not only unconscionable, it was felonious. It's a crime to leak classified information. But they did it. Comey and McCabe manipulated uh, uh, him into an FBI interrogation uh, under the guise of, you know, the the Logan Act, which, which has never been prosecuted. Flynn was eventually fired. He was later charged with lying. After the agents who interviewed him concluded that he did not appear to be lying. Try to make sense of that. But that's your special counsel, Robert Mueller. And Comey was also busy compiling confidential presidential memos that he stole and leaked to effectuate the appointment of his friend and mentor, Bob Mueller. By his own admission... Comey's intent was to influence the investigation of the man who fired him. And that was the witch hunt, which assumed odious dimensions as Robert Mueller hired a hit squad of partisans. It's all in my new book, Witch Hunt. 
Go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. I'm Greg Jarrett. We'll be right back with the Sean Hannity Show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean Hannity, who is taking the day off, and he certainly is entitled to that and deserves it. He's the hardest working man I know. I think I work a lot. He works twice as much as I do. So, Sean, I hope you're having a great Friday. Um, And you're stuck with me, Greg Jarrett, the poor man's uh, Sean Hannity. Uh, Nevertheless, we will endeavor to uh, to continue for this hour as well as the next hour. And I'm really happy to have with me uh, Rose Tennant, uh, who's a uh, well-known talk show host. And I'm I'm sometimes on her program, and I really enjoy it. She asks great questions, and we always have a good uh, conversation and dialogue. Uh, So, Rose, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. I was thrilled to hear I was going to be on with you, Greg. You know I'm like your biggest fan. So. <laughs> and if anyone else says they are, I'll, have, I'll, I'll, I'll take them out on that one. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. No, I'm kidding. Hey, listen, so the are, reason I'm, we— I'm your biggest fan. We, we, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this nonprofit um, private organization. It's nonpolitical. Um, it, well, I guess it's not— not for profit, but not really private. Um, it's called Made in America. Uh, and you can go to madeinamerica.com, by the way, and check it out. But tell us about the group and the event coming up. I will. Thanks for the opportunity. It is a for profit organization. And what I love about this organization is that it was founded by Don Buckner. And this gentleman had a company called Vactron, and it was a really very unique business. He did um, vacuum excavation uh, for to clean out critical areas, and it was very clever. He's very clever, but you know what? He sold his company because there was something that he always wanted to do, and that was establish this Made in America organization. And you know, and it was just about a year ago that Made in America decided that it was time. For the very first, Greg, U.S. manufacturers opportunity to bring their American-made products to one venue, um, and, and it's in Indianapolis, October 3rd through the 6th. But this is something that was near and dear to Dawn's heart, really wanted to do this. This is the first time ever something like this is being done, and it's, it's just magnificent. It's yeah. fabulous. The, the founder and CEO is, is Don Buckner. And let me correct myself. It's a nonpartisan private company, but it's yes. not a political group by any no. means. So tell no, us, not at all. In, in Indianapolis, I mean, so talk to us about that particular event. Well, this is really cool because, first of all, we have already several hundred vendors, but we do have room for more, by the way, if there's anyone listening. But what they want to do, the heart of this company, this organization, is to highlight American-made products and businesses and tell their stories because 
Greg, there are so many really good stories out there of American-made ingenuity, um, and they want to drive home the importance of those products that are made in this country. And it's, it's being made up of small um, and to mid-sized companies that are owned and uh, here in this country, from crane companies to someone making a bakery product that's in your local Walmart. And I'm, I want to give you an example just to show you, because I love that our founders escaped this a culture you know, in Europe, where wisdom was believed to reside in your bloodline, it, de- it depended on you know your birthright whether or not you were genius. But our founders knew that that a, that a spark of genius resides in every one of us, and the way to unleash it is to unburden the individual from those shackles of the ruling classes. And what we're seeing now, as a result, is this rise in America. Of, you know that we have proved that we've got the best solution to the human condition because of our freedom. And you have examples like Angela Horowitz, who's in Florida, a mom who started Baker's Stow and Go, and she did that because she was transporting ice cookies and cupcakes because as a mom of a, of a young boy who was involved in sports and also the school calls upon us a lot of times as moms to bring in, you know, cookies or cakes, and we could never figure out, and this was one of always my dilemma too, I could never figure out how to get those cookies and cakes transported without messing up the icing. Well, she figured it out. This product is made in Florida by a woman who saw a need and she filled that need. We also have Paul Wellborn of Wellborn Cabinets. He's one of the last American cabinet manufacturers in the United States. He's got 1,500 employees and he's a sponsor of the Made in America Kitchen at the event. And then here's a lady too that I was really impressed with. Sarati International, Barbara Creighton, she started her business at age 50. She wanted to produce a bioidentical hormone for rebalancing women who were going through menopause, and it was a natural solution even before that became popular, and it's made in the great state of Texas. So our economy depends on a strong manufacturing base to provide those high-paying jobs to Americans. And over the last two and a half years, I know you know this because you and I have talked about this, we saw an increase of over 600,000 new manufacturing jobs in this country. They said it couldn't be done, and guess what? It was done. And that's what the Made in America organization wants to do is keep the momentum going. They are American proud, and they want to keep that momentum going. They want to see more job opportunities for Americans. So they want to unify together under this one umbrella, this one topic, that we can do it here in this country and we can do it better. So um, they want American jobs to continue to increase, and that's what I really like about the organization. Well, you know, I was reading um, some of the material here about the group. I I was amazed to read, but now it makes perfect sense to me, that 8 in 10 American consumers say they would rather buy an American-made product than an imported one. That's according to a Consumer Reports survey. So, uh, you know, Americans want to support Americans. And it does have, as you point out, a rich history dating back, you know, uh, more than two centuries uh, ago. I was reading Ron Chernow's great book on George Washington. He also wrote the great seminal book on on Alexander Hamilton. But um, and it was interesting as I was reading along before the Revolutionary War, Americans were so dependent on Great Britain. Uh, to import their goods and their textiles and their clothing and so forth, um, and you know their their you know uh, flatware and chinaware and so forth. Everything came from Great Britain, and George Washington was one of the first people who said we we have to stop uh, being so reliant on uh, Great Britain. And one of the 
One of the reasons was, of course, the taxation that was involved. Um, And so, interestingly, uh, American leaders back then sent sent people, you know, rather secretly abroad to Great Britain to study their industries, their manufacturing. They had factories, textile factories there. And these people came back and said, here's how you do it. And that's how some of America's first uh, factories, small factories, textile industry uh, came about, as well as agriculture as well. And that was the, the beginning, the genesis of a shift toward American process uh, goods. And, you know, and then, of course, it took flight after the Revolutionary War as well, where American products actually became superior to those abroad. So there's a great rich tradition to all of this. And I'm, I'm so delighted that Made in America uh, and, you know, Don, Don Buck, Buckner's uh, group is uh, is really taking off and holding this event in Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm so excited to be a part of it, and I love that bit of history that you just shared right now because, you know, I mean, just having that freedom to invent and having the freedom to start a business if that's what you want to do. I mean, American Genius is written all over um, those vendors that are going to be showing their products at this event, and, and it just makes me so proud, too, of them and of this country that really – promotes that kind of growth and promotes that kind of ingenuity. And, you know, and I want to say, too, that not only are we open to vendors, I mean, someone, the companies who want to exhibit, but also, you know, we have a pass for the three days. It's only twenty four ninety five, but you can attend, you can check out the products at the uh, trade show, but also we have some really great speakers. Um, first of all, I mean, kicking off the event, and right now, because we're on your show right now, for a limited time only, those people who buy a three-day pass can attend for free the kickoff concert with Big Kenny and John Rich. I mean, they're loyal supporters of the Made in America cause, and they, too, want to raise awareness for the American-made products. And, and so um, John Rich, by the way, is a businessman, as you well know. Um, everyone's heard of his Redneck Riviera Whiskey. I hope to sample a little bit of that myself when we get there. But, but also um, Ted Nugent's going to be there. Dean Guitars and Redneck Riviera are the sponsors. We've got Stephen Moore, Cowboy Troy, Daryl Waltrip, who started his own business, um, Rosemary Gibson, Warren Tuttle, Mark Handel, Harry Moser, a lot of really great speakers. So, so it's not just for those manufacturers to show their products, but also it's an opportunity for the public to come in to see those products, but even more important than that, Greg, to be inspired by what these people have done and, and, and what these speakers have to say because they too have within themselves that genius that can go and do anything they really want to do. We have that freedom to do that in this country. And the guys always like to talk about how Made in America is more than just a label. But, you know, and it is. It's a promise to Americans that's made by Americans. And it's America's beating heart. It really is. It's jobs and towns and families reborn. And that's how we see the Made in America label. All right. Well, the event comes up in Indianapolis October uh, 3rd through the 6th. And Made in America is the nonpartisan private company. Uh, you're involved in it, which is good enough for me. Rose Tennant, talk show host. Thanks for being with us today and telling us about it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. MadeInAmerica.com is the website. Thank you, Greg. I All appreciate right. it. Take care. All right. When we come back, we're going to take some of your phone calls. We've been talking about the latest documents that came out last night that demonstrate, without a doubt, that the FBI well knew 
that the entire uh, collusion story was a hoax, that the author of the dossier upon which it was based um, was suspect and biased, and it didn't stop them. It should have. What are your thoughts? We'll take your calls on the other side. 1-800-941-SEAN. 1-800-941-7326. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean Hannity. We'll be right back. Sean Hannity, defending freedom, providing clarity, and calling out the left. Now more than ever, we need Hannity. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean today. I want to go right to your phone calls. We've been talking about FBI, Department of Justice, corruption in the Russia hoax that begat the witch hunt. Joining us is Scott from Long Island. Hey, Scott, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, great, Greg. Uh, if we don't have Sean, you are definitely uh, a great fill-in for him, so thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, as all of this information, for those of us who pay attention, continues to unfold and the picture gets clearer and clearer of what really went, went on, the thing that concerns me is that those people who don't pay attention or who only watch the mainstream media and don't get this information, unless, you know, the AG or somebody frog marches all of these co-conspirators, you know, out of a courthouse one day, Will it ever matter? Will 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 there ever be an aha moment for the rest of the country to realize what actually happened during the during the 2016 election and where the conspiracies really took place? Yeah, you know, it's a great question, and and I wish I had a good answer, except that I I you know I'm a believer in the truth, and in the end, uh, the truth will prevail. It is easy to invent a lie. It's easier to spread a lie. Um, uncovering the truth is hard, and it takes time because malevolent people like uh, Comey and McCabe and Strzok and others, Brennan, Clapper, I mean, they engage in elaborate cover-ups, which is why documents um, have not been forthcoming. There is still an effort by Christopher Ray at the FBI uh, to obstruct lawful subpoenas to produce documents. I mean, the documents we got last night— only came about because Judicial Watch spent more than a year suing the Department of Justice to get those documents. Now, there has been a sea change under William Barr, the attorney general, who has told people at DOJ and the FBI, knock it off. And uh, so hopefully more documents will be produced and more people will be held accountable. Let's go to Michael in Arizona. Michael, how are you? Great. How you doing, Greg? Listen, well. uh, your la- your last caller was fantastic, and I am I am calling. I'm a little disappointed with Sean and you and um, John Solomon and Sarah Carter that you're not on the t- you're not on TV every night asking for uh, Trump to uh, fire uh, Ray. I think he's deep state. I think he's corrupt. I think he's going to 
hope that Trump is not reelected and that he can outlast these subpoenas. Right. And I'm, surpri- I'm surprised that you and uh, Sean have not been really outspoken. And I'm also surprised that uh, somebody in uh, below maybe AG Barr has not called up Ray and say, hey, you know, get off your butt and start releasing these things. We know. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate uh, your input. I, I would say on my behalf, I have relentlessly condemned Christopher Ray on television and on radio. Uh, and I can't tell you the, the amount of heat I've gotten uh, by people who support Christopher Ray whenever I say he's James Comey's twin and just as corrupt. So, um, you know, I, I think I've uh, been pretty fair, but pretty uh, straightforward with uh, viewers and listeners. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean Hannity. we got another hour coming up, and our guest will be Jason Chaffetz, former uh, congressman from Utah. He's going to be joining us to talk about the deep state and the latest documents uh, implicating the FBI. Our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. He's, he's been calling Mexican immigrants rapists and criminals. Um, I, I don't know, like, members of the press, what the f***? I've been hoping for a recession. People hate me for it, but yeah, it, it would get rid bad. of Trump, so you shouldn't hate me for it. I mean, recessions are really bad. People lose their jobs. And their I homes, know. And we, and we shouldn't wish. It's worth it. Freedom is back in style. Welcome. The revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new, the new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. And welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean Hannity. Um, We've been getting almost on a daily basis new information that collusion was nothing more than a hoax. And of course, Robert Mueller and his team of partisans never established that anybody in the Trump campaign had conspired or coordinated with the Russian government. Um, And this should have come as no surprise to anybody, any serious person who is paying attention. And yet the witch hunt persisted. But there were never any witches. In my book, The Russia Hoax, I argue that the case against Donald Trump was never warranted by the facts. It was never supported by the law. And in my new book, Witch Hunt... The story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. I chronicle all of the new evidence that proves the original thesis. The fallacy of Trump as a collusive agent of the Kremlin. 
Uh, it didn't exist, and it was blindly accepted by so many people without skepticism, without question, without scrutiny. Now, for some people, this was just sort of an emotional response to an unexpected election. You know, they, they countenanced this suspicion and accepted it as truth. Their dislike of Donald Trump or his policies or both absolutely clouded their judgment. It blinded them to any fair analysis. And other people embraced the lie for malevolent purposes. The liberal media in particular, in concert with Democrats, continued to endorse this false accusation, notwithstanding all of the evidence to the contrary. They betrayed a fidelity to objectiveness and fairness. And they allowed their enmity and bias to obscure any reasoned judgment. So you can read about it in my new book, Witch Hunt, uh, which is available for pre-order online at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Go to my website, TheGregJarrett.com. But there's somebody else who has been following this day by day and who knows almost as much about it as Sean and John Solomon and so many others because he was a an instrumental member of Congress when a lot of this was unfolding and and he was asking during hearings all the right questions. I'm talking about former Congressman Jason Chaffetz, uh, who is a Fox News contributor and he's author of the new book. It's called Power Grab, the liberal scheme to undermine Trump, the GOP and our republic. It's available for pre-sale right now. It'll be in bookstores in less than a month, about three weeks from now. And he joins us. Uh, Congressman, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. You know, um, I want your reaction to the documents that were finally uh, belatedly uncovered through a lawsuit by Judicial Watch. And they essentially demonstrate, without a doubt now, that the FBI knew that Christopher Steele was severely biased against Donald Trump. Uh, and yet the FBI kept using the Steele dossier uh, over and over again, not only to fuel the Trump-Russia investigation, but presenting this information, even though they knew it was unverified and likely phony, to a FISA court, not once but four times, to spy on Carter Page, a former Trump campaign associate. What's your reaction to those documents? Well, first of all, hats off to Judicial Watch for having the, the legal prowess to go get a judge in order to help compel them to get that, because they were able to do things that Congress, in its inept way, and in its inability to, to defend itself, was able to do. So it's good to see those. Uh, as you know, John Ratcliffe, the congressman out of Texas, Trey Gowdy, congressman, former congressman now out of South Carolina, they've been able to see the unredacted versions of these, and they have been giving us hints and clues, if you will, along the way. These are still have some redactions in them, but nevertheless, the documents that are now coming out, I think, are further evidence that what Michael Horowitz, the inspector general, is looking at, and probably most importantly, uh, Mr. Durham, uh, the, the uh, Connecticut uh, uh, U.S. attorney, they have this in their hands. They've had it for months and months and months now. 
And if there's ever a time to actually hold people accountable, and I'm not just talking about drawing attention to it, I'm talking about putting handcuffs on people and, and, and you know, firing people, taking away uh, security clearances, and putting some people in jail for doing the unthinkable, which is going after a presidential campaign because of their own personal political bias. You know, it's amazing to me um, the duplicity of a guy like James Comey, who, of course, holds himself out to be the ultimate right. uh, symbol of rectitude, uh, right. and he's not. He, he, I mean, he's one of the most devious characters in this sordid story. Um, but, but James Comey, here's a guy, he's running a secret counterintelligence operation against the candidate Donald Trump and then President Donald Trump, while simultaneously lying to Trump about it, assuring the president, oh, you're not a target of the investigation, when in fact the documents now reveal he clearly was. So he was lying to Donald Trump about that. No, it's unbelievable. You know, I was just reading through some of the documents. You know, one of the characters that's involved and engaged here is Bruce Orr and his wife, Nellie Orr, who, of course, worked for Fusion GPS, an organization that had less than 20 employees. It just so happens that Bruce Orr, a senior person at the FBI, his wife is also working for GPS and tied up in this whole steel mess. But, I, I you know, I, it reminded me when I looked at this document, do you know what the title of Bruce Orr was at the time when they did, when the FBI did the interview in December 19th of 2016, his title at the Department of Justice was uh, he was the Deputy Attorney General and Director of the Department of Justice's Organized Crime and Drug Enforcement Task Force. <laughs> I know. So what? That you has know, nothing to do with it. So why is he brought over and engaged in this? These are some pretty serious things that they, they have to do for law enforcement. He's helping to run the, run the Drug Enforcement Task Force, and he's over here helping to, you know, come up with this concoction about Donald Trump. What the? What is that? I know. It, it, it's really, <clears throat> it's amazing when you think about it. And the other part of the equation is, and, and you just alluded to it, how could two guys, Glenn Simpson and uh, Christopher Steele, Basically, all on their own, but with seed money from the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. How can these two nefarious characters essentially hold a nation and a presidency hostage for more than two years? Uh, it's 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 unbelievable. You know, it's interesting when I look back at what Donald Trump has done. He has maintained his his innocence the entire time. I know he's been frustrated uh, about that. I think anybody, but I actually look back at Donald Trump and say, how did you, how were you so uh, restrained in, in your outrage of what was going on here when you know the actual truth? And then it comes out and verifies that, yeah, he was telling the truth. Um, and he's as open and as transparent as possible. I've said this several times before, Donald Trump should be winning awards from the, those bureaucracies in Washington, D.C., about openness and transparency, transparency and the Sunlight Foundation. And, but he doesn't uh, because they never want to give him any credit uh, for maintaining his innocence, but then opening up to the, so that they could do this Mueller investigation, which ultimately led to his, 
his definitive clearance. Yeah, I mean, it it is truly amazing, you know, as transparent as he was, um, yet he gets accused of, of obstructing justice, obstructing the special counsel investigation and the FBI, which is utter nonsense. This is a guy who made all witnesses, <clears throat> excuse me, available. Um, th- this is a guy who handed over more than a million pages, 1.4 million pages of documents to the special yeah. counsel. For goodness sakes, he even allowed his uh, White House counsel, Don McGahn, to be interviewed for 30 hours by Robert Mueller, which no other president, I guarantee you, would ever allow. I mean, it is and clearly— I, and none of it. None of his attorneys are recommending that he do that, right? I mean, that is just Donald Trump acting from his gut, saying, you know what, go ahead, talk to him. I don't care, because I did it right. And um, I I lived, I was in Congress the entire time, start to finish, of the Obama administration. We could, Greg, we don't have enough time on this Hannity program to detail all the times that the Obama administration did the exact opposite— destroying documents in the IRS case, destroying documents in the Hillary Clinton case, destroying documents and not making them available with Benghazi. I mean, how many how many big, serious cases, in some cases where people died, and, and yet Donald Trump's over there saying, hey, have a look and talk to anybody, even though I don't have to let you. Uh, it's just, it really, the, the, the difference between the Obama administration and the Trump administration just gets bigger and bigger for me. Well, and and when you read the the Mueller report, which is a you know 443 pages right. of nonsense. I mean, it is the most disorganized, self contradictory, schizophrenic document I have I have ever read. Uh, you know, trying to read that thing and make sense of it, making sense of the nonsense in it. Is is really you know a Herculean task, but you know he he never interfered in the investigation. What he did was he he called it a witch hunt, and he complained about it. And he complained about the conflicts of interest that he thought Robert Mueller had and the team of partisan lawyers, and they tried to twist that into obstruction of justice, as if proclaiming yeah. your innocence is somehow obstruction of justice i mean it's just ludicrous well and he's the commander-in-chief he's the president of the united states the constitution gives him every single um imperative and right to do what he wanted to do he could have fired those people he didn't despite a lot of people saying hey you should probably do that um you know he was highlighting look the conflicts of interest i can't believe these people still have their bar licenses I can't believe they have security clearances. I can't believe they have a job anywhere. I mean, at my local mall, I wouldn't want to have these guys guarding it. So <laughs> I, I, it's just unbelievable how how much they've gotten away with. But again, these new documents, um, I think, do further demonstrate where we're going with this. And it's probably after Labor Day because the country kind of takes off here for the summer. But after Labor Day, I, I think you're going to start to see some movement. Attorney yeah. General Barr thought we were going to see it in May, but there's a lot of new information that's come to light, and I think it also is a is a signal that uh, Mr. Durham is doing some serious stuff, and uh, they got to make sure this is button, buttoned up uh, tight. 
Hey, listen, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a quick break, and then I want to get your thoughts on uh, the Inspector General report, which uh, should be coming out probably next month. Um, but I just want to get your thoughts about that, if you'll stick around for just a moment. We're talking sure. We're talking with Jason Chaffetz, former member of Congress, who is uh, who was instrumental in many aspects of investigating the Russia hoax, which, of course, begat the witch hunt. We'll be right back. Covers the real truth, real truth about the politics of D.C. He's your watchdog on Big Brother every day. Hannity is on right now. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean Hannity. I'm talking with uh, Jason Chaffetz, former member of Congress, um, who knows a lot about uh, the Russia hoax and the witch hunt. And, you know, among the documents we uh, found last night, um, the 302, the FBI reports on Bruce Orr, is that Christopher Steele, who, who composed the phony dossier, was was deathly afraid uh, and feared congressional inquiries. Uh, no kidding, because they were inquiring into how he had been peddling a phony dossier. Yeah, this uh, this relates to Senator Grassley's questioning of Director Comey. And um, it, it's funny to actually see it articulated now on a piece of paper, but I bet they were scared to death. Uh, Grassley, I think, uh, the, obviously, the senator from Iowa is one of the best and most tenacious And I tell you, having worked with his staff, uh, they do wonderful, wonderful work. Um, And I think Lindsey Graham has a real opportunity now to kind of grab hold now that he's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee and continue on. And I've been very encouraged by Senator Graham's comments uh, about the tenacious uh, ability of that senator in a key position to demand answers. And I I think it's going to get – there'll be more and more exposure uh, because of Senator Graham's work, that's right. In fact, put out there by Grassley. Right. In fact, in reaction to those documents last night, Graham says, "You know, this this just demonstrates the whole thing with a, a fraud." He said he called it systematic corruption at the highest level of the Department of Justice and the FBI against President Trump and in favor of Hillary Clinton. Jason Chaffetz. Thanks for being with us. Jason has a new book out called Power Grab, the liberal scheme to undermine Trump, the GOP, and the Republic. It's available for pre-sale now. It'll be in bookstores September 3rd. Congressman Chaffetz, thanks so much. Thanks, Greg. I'm Greg Jarrett. You're listening to The Sean Hannity Show. We're going to come back in a couple of minutes with your phone calls. Don't go away. Got the show 24-7. Download it to your iPod. Be a Hannity Insider at Hannity.com. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean Hannity. In my new book, Witch Hunt, Chapter 2, 
I spent about 50 pages explaining how there was no Trump-Russia collusion. There was Clinton-Russia collusion. There was FBI-Russia collusion. And, and yet, none of those corrupt acts seem to interest special counsel Robert Mueller in the least. I mean, think about this. This guy was tasked to find proof of a non-existent collusion conspiracy by Trump to steal the election from Hillary Clinton. And no plausible evidence ever surfaced over the 22-month length of his probe. And instead of diagnosing who engineered the hoax and exposing its manipulation to destroy a presidency, the special counsel was determined to sort of imagine an obstruction of justice offense that was utterly unsupportable in the law. And Mueller knew it. I mean, just read his report. His explanation for why he decided not to decide the issue of obstruction was stunningly unintelligible. And Attorney General William Barr said he was actually baffled by Mueller's quote-unquote strange statement which then forced Barr and other top lawyers at the DOJ to correct Mueller's tortured interpretation of the law because the evidence did not sustain an obstruction offense. But beyond the special counsel's incomprehensible reasoning and really his shameless derogation of Trump, what was extraordinary about the Mueller report was what was missing nowhere in the exhaustive 448 pages, was there a serious and earnest examination of all the clandestine actions of the Clinton campaign and the Democrats to hustle and hype their false Russia information to damage Trump and impact the 2016 presidential election? Trump didn't collude with Russians. His opponent did. And Mueller conspicuously ignored it. Oh, yeah, there were a couple of passing references in the report to Steele. There was an indirect reference to his infamous dossier. <laughs> Think about that. How is that even possible? I mean, the special counsel reportedly interviewed Steele twice. Was Mueller only looking for incriminating evidence against Trump while ignoring the role of his opponent? in successfully paying for Russian information to influence the election. I mean, this was a remarkable abdication of duty for a man whose primary responsibility was to determine any Russian interference, any interference in America's democratic process. This glaring omission only reinforced how the special counsel's investigation was infected with bias against Trump. You can read about all of this in my new book, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. It's available now for order online at uh, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or go to HarperCollins.com, the publisher, or simply go to my website, TheGregJarrett.com. We're taking some of your phone calls, 1-800-941-SEAN, 1-800-941-7326. Let's go to uh, Mark, who joins us from Brooklyn. Hey, Mark, how are you? 
Hi, doing well. I, I have to ask you one more question. Um, when when uh, Hillary would have gotten into office as they would have expected, what do you think they would want to give her? I know what they want to give her. They want to give her Trump in handcuffs. That's why they needed a warrant during the campaign, to justify that when they put him on trial and then put him behind bars so he never run again, again against her in 2020. <laughs> well, I haven't quite thought of it uh, uh, that way, but, uh, you know, that probably might have been the motivation of some people behind it. Uh, but the original motivation is, as Peter Strzok said, um, no, we're going to stop him. That was before the election. And what was the insurance policy that he and his lover, Lisa Page, were talking about? He said, oh, I don't know anything about that. I don't even remember that text. Well, she did. She testified uh, behind closed doors, but that testimony was then publicly released. She said, oh, the insurance policy was our counterintelligence investigation against Trump, that we, we would uh, enliven it if he were elected, but they didn't think he would be. And of course he was, so they did. Let's go to our next caller, Bob in Illinois. Hey, Bob, how are you? Yes, thank you. I uh, love your radio presence and your TV presence. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're uh, just super at both. Thank you very in spite much. Of your, in spite of your radio appearance, you know. But yes. having said that, I think that uh, the Democrat Party, uh, this can be your next book when you can prove it, and I think you're the guy who can prove things, uh, is that they realize that their party is over. In other words, they are threatened with never being elected again for quite some time, and I believe that strongly. And here's why I say that. If one uh, looks at what William Barr is intending to do, I believe he's intending to do, and that is expose uh, the Clintons, the Comeys, the Obamas, the whole crew, the halters. Uh, they have nothing left but to try this craziness. There, there can't be 20 people this off-center. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting. I, I, there is a... Um uh, you know, a level of thought among a great many people that the Democratic Party has been hijacked by extremists and that, you know, people like AOC and the squad are really um, sort of the face of the new Democratic Party, uh, not really a Democratic Party, but a socialist party or a Democratic Socialist Party. And, you know, with with free stuff. You know, which is an old ploy by politicians, free this, free that, we'll give you, you know, a chicken in every pot was one of the old saints a great many decades ago to entice people uh, to vote for them. But now it's beyond a chicken. You know, now it's free education, uh, free health care. Um, and try to make sense of that. I mean, you and I, as citizens, you know, we have to pay for our health care, but some of these people who are running for president have advocated for free health care for illegal immigrants. So if you're here legally, you follow the law, you got to pay for your health insurance. But if you break the law and you come here illegally, you get free health care. <laughs> I, you know, it makes you kind of want to um, throw out your citizenship and become an illegal. Uh, you know, that way you get free health care. And, you know, everybody will disavow their citizenship, uh, renounce it, and uh, 
and become an illegal so we all get free stuff. It's a great, it's a great uh, enticement, isn't it? We'll get a free education. We'll get uh, free health care. You know, pretty soon it'll be we'll give you a free guaranteed income. We'll give you a free house. We'll give you a free car. Everything's going to be free. It's great. But, you know, as Margaret Thatcher says, said, you, you know, the, the problem with socialism is you eventually run out of uh, somebody else's money. You know, I guess you could continue to print more money, but then you'd have inflation running at about 10,000 percent. All right, let's go to Bella, who joins us from New Jersey. Hi, Bella. Hey, Greg. Quick uh, three things I have to tell you. First of all, I love you. Great book. And keep up the good fight. Secondly, Christopher Ray has to go. Third, nobody's going to go down, unfortunately, because it goes straight to Obama, and they will never take him down. And that's what worries me, because yeah. they all should go to jail. Thank you, Bella. You know, um, I agree that you'd have to be smoking some pretty strong stuff to believe that Obama wasn't involved in this. I mean, uh, you know, all you have to do is look at the text message from Peter Strzok to Lisa Page and or page to struck in which, you know, uh, she says the White House wants to know everything on this. And that was in the context of the Trump-Russia collusion investigation. And then Obama's involvement uh, in arranging the debriefing of President-elect Trump on January 6th, uh, 2017, the day before a big White House meeting with Comey and Yates and um, Brennan and Clapper and the whole gang in which they decided in that meeting, let's lie to Trump. We're only going to tell him about the P-tape, but we're not going to tell him that we're spying on one of his former campaign associates. We're not going to tell him the rest of the dossier alleging collusion. Why? Because they wanted to continue to run their secret counterintelligence op against the president of the United States. And that's why Comey kept lying to the to the president saying, you're, oh, no, you're not a subject. You're not a target. And in fact, he was. But that's James Comey, of course. Uh, let's go to Bill in uh, South Dakota. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Greg. Sure. A uh, couple of comments. Number one, it just wasn't Trump that was being targeted. It was the will of the people. Trump just happened to represent the will of the people. So it's all of us Americans who voted who wanted to be a part of the democratic process, who entrusted these people, who they get their power from the people, and they were using it against the people. That's what makes this so outrageous. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you, Bill. And, uh, you know, all you have to do is look at Peter Strzok and Lisa Page's text messages. Anybody who supported Donald Trump was, uh, you know, smelly Walmart people. Um, and, you know, they, they were taking a cue from... The woman they idolized, Hillary Clinton, who called every uh, you know Trump supporter a deplorable. Um, so this is how these people were thinking about it. You know, they did they didn't care about the will of the people when they targeted Trump. They targeted the will of the people. You're absolutely right. Let's go to our next caller, Vernon in Michigan. Hey, Vernon, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. I thank you for all the work that uh, both you and Sean Hannity and John Solomon and Sarah Carter have done to uh, basically expose a lot of this uh, nonsense and so thank on. Thank you. Yeah. I, I find it interesting, uh, actually, Dan Picure, that with all the financial dealings that the Clintons have done with Russia, that isn't it fairly obvious 
that she, Hillary Clinton, not Trump, would be favored by the Russians or them as the president? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> they certainly had dealings with Hillary Clinton. Read Chapter 4 of the Russia hoax about the Uranium One deal and $145 million that went from Russian coffers to the Clinton Foundation at the same time that she presided over uh, the CFIUS board that approved the sale of 20% of American uranium to the Russians. Boy, if that ain't a quid quid pro quo, I'm Santa Claus. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of your phone calls. 1-800-941-SEAN. 1-800-941-7326. Broadcasting on great radio stations from coast to coast. Coast to coast. America's Sean Hannity Show. As we wind up the uh, Sean Hannity Show, I'm Greg Jarrett filling in for Sean. Um, William Barr, the Attorney General, and U.S. Attorney John Durham certainly have their work cut out for them. People like James Comey will plead ignorance or acute amnesia. He always does. Uh, Other former FBI officials will uh, maybe come up with an incurable case of laryngitis invoking the Fifth Amendment. (laughs) Uh, and, and piercing the veil of secrecy that people like Brennan and Clapper routinely hide behind will be a challenge, to say the least. Um, but I lay out the facts, the evidence, and the law in my new book called Witch Hunt, uh, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. I hope you'll buy it. I hope you'll read it. You can order it online right now at the usual places, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, or there's a link on my website, thegregjarrett.com. But Witch Hunt presents what I think is compelling evidence that high officials in government who we entrust to uphold the law instead breached that trust, and they violated the law. They're the ones who meddled in the election to help Hillary Clinton. And then they aspired and conspired to evict Trump from office. Evidence against him was invented or it was embellished. Laws were perverted or ignored. Trump was framed for a collusion conspiracy that never happened, and they knew it was untrue. You see, inventing the lie was really quite easy. Spreading the lie was even easier. Uncovering the full truth from here on out, that's really hard. And it will certainly take time to unravel the layers of all the venal acts intended to take Trump down and ruin his presidency, to drive him from office. But, you know, the only cure for a lie is the truth. And the only remedy for lawlessness is justice. The reckoning awaits. Please buy my book, Witch Hunt, available for pre-order online. I'm Greg Jarrett, filling in for Sean Hannity on The Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us.